Offensive linemen are college football's most underrated players, and the Ohio State Buckeyes have the nation's most underrated offensive line entering the 2023 season. The offensive line is college football's only position group that is graded solely off of collective performance rather than individual statistics. An example of this is the Joe Moore Award, which is given annually to, wait for it, the nation's best offensive line. Not a single offensive lineman, but all five starting offensive linemen, and their performance is grouped together, and the award is given to the team that doesn't have the best offensive lineman, but the team that has the best collective offensive line. This is opposed to the Heisman Trophy, which, in theory, is awarded to the nation's best individual player, though we all know it's been watered down to what is basically who's the most statistically impressive quarterback, and we're going to give it to you, award, and the Bolitnikoff Award, which is awarded to the nation's best individual wide receiver. Offensive linemen are not talked about enough, plain and simple. However, just because they do not appear on preseason top 10 player lists or preseason Heisman Trophy watch lists doesn't mean they're not important. They are critical to a team's success. They are critical to the game of college football, and if you're an Ohio State fan, they are critical to the game. What's a main theme in the game? It's physicality. It's trench play. It's running the football. The team that runs for the most yards has won the game for I don't know how many years in a row, but it's closer to a decade than not. And a big part of the reason why Michigan has won the game for the past two seasons is they have been stronger in the trenches, not just at running back. They haven't just had better running backs. They've had a better collection of offensive linemen. Some would argue Ohio State every year has still had the best individual offensive linemen, whether it's Nicholas petit Fryer, Thayer Munford, whether it's Paris Johnson Jr., who was taken in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft, Ohio State has still had their offensive linemen drafted higher than Michigan's offensive linemen for the past two seasons. But as a collective group, Michigan's offensive line has functioned better, at least in the regular season. You can joke about my team's performance in the postseason as much as you want. It's something that I think is, frankly, very disappointing, but I think it's going to be rectified this year when Michigan wins the national championship. But Ohio State, and partially because of their offensive line, is going to have something to say about that. And if Ohio State wants to win the game this year, and if they want to beat Penn State, and they want to beat Notre Dame, and they want to go on the road and not be upset by Wisconsin after that Penn State game, they're going to have to have great individual and collective effort on the lines of scrimmage, especially on the offensive line. Ryan Day and his staff can tell you all day, I bet you they would, they could tell you all day, that you can have the best skill position players imaginable, because they have for the past two, three, four seasons plus, but if you don't have solid, consistent effort and performance on the offensive line, you are doomed in your biggest moments. You're just doomed. And a classic example of this is Ohio State in 2021, where in big games, they struggled to run the football. 
whether it was against Nebraska, whether it was against Penn State, where they were okay at running the football, or whether it was against Oregon or Michigan, who got close to shutting that run game down and made Ohio State become one-dimensional in the pass, the offensive line just wasn't physical. And they didn't do well together as a unit. They had great individual players, but as a unit, they functioned rather poorly. Greg Studwara, who was an inadequate developer and an inadequate recruiter, was fired after 2021, and in comes Justin Fry. And in year one, Ohio State is much more physical at the lines of scrimmage, and the offensive line functions far better than they did in 2021 as a collective unit. Let me give you some statistics that I have found thanks to footballoutsiders.com regarding Ohio State's offensive line. When it came to sack rate, they were 11th in the country. And on standard downs, their sack rate was 16th. And on pass downs, it was still 11th. A big weakness, however, of this offensive line was power success rate. They were 117th in that category. Their guard play, their ability to run up the middle especially, and their ability to just hold the point of attack was not good. In the Georgia game, part of what was strange about that game is it was good to a certain degree in pass protection, and they were also okay at running the football. And by okay, I mean two to three, maybe occasionally four yards per carry, which you got to take what you can get against Georgia's front four or front seven. You just have to because they're so good there. But the guard play when it came to run blocking was not good at all. Now, pass block... Ohio State Paris Johnson Jr., for example, first-round offensive tackle. Their pass protection was phenomenal last year. And in the Michigan game, as a stark contrast to the 2021 edition of the game, Michigan struggled to get pressure very often. Braden McGregor got in there a few times and deflected a few passes, and Michigan did pick up a sack, but they didn't have five sacks like they did in 2021. Rather, it was Michigan's secondary that was able to pick apart Ohio State's passing game as the secondary was more physical, more put together, and had less weak spots. The defense overall was just deeper and better, and not to mention Michigan had, if they were healthy, a better running back room than they did in 2021, and they also had a better offensive line. So Michigan and Ohio State both last year were better than they were in 2021. And you already know this if you've been watching this channel, but I think the same is going to be a fact in 2023. That was a weird way of putting it. But it's going to happen again. These two teams, the Buckeyes and the Wolverines, will improve again for the second preseason in a row. They will improve, and they will get better from 21 to 22. They improved, and I think from 22 to 23, they will improve yet again. So, especially for the Buckeyes, they'll improve on the interior of the offensive line. Michigan, I think, two-time Joe Moore award-winning offensive line twice in a row. That's hard to beat, but I think everywhere Michigan will get slightly better. But I am going to make a video on Michigan's offensive line sooner rather than later, so hit the notification bell whether you're a Buckeye, Wolverine, a fan of Big Ten football, or a fan of college football, hit that notification bell if you want to get notified when that video is released. But in this video, obviously, this is an Ohio State video, 
But with Ohio State and Michigan content, we often peek over on the opposite sideline of the game because the game is just so important. And I think this season is going to decide who wins the national championship. But for Ohio State's offensive line, who do they return? Well, they lost center Luke Whipler, and they lost both of their tackles to the NFL, but they returned both of their guards. And even though I said the guards, especially when it came to run blocking, were a weakness, all in all, they were still good. The run blocking, the run game, it wasn't bad. It wasn't even mediocre. It was above average to good. The problem is Big Ten defenses, especially Big Ten run defenses, are consistently on top of the nation, whether it's Minnesota, whether it's Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan. Ohio State for much of last year had a top 25 or higher rushing defense. It was only against Michigan and Georgia, really, where that completely fell off the rails, where the defense all in all fell off the rails, especially in the pass game, but also in the run game. For the offensive line for Ohio State, Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones, according to Pro Football Focus, are the top two returning offensive guards. Matthew Jones was rated 38th, tied for 38th nationally, actually, with Michigan guard Zach Zinner. Donovan Jackson was rated as the 28th highest offensive guard in college football. Both Matthew Jones and Donovan Jackson have over 700 offensive snaps from last year. Both have a rating of 75 or higher, which is obviously a top 40 rating as we just discussed. And I think this offensive line, and especially on the interior, is going to make great strides forward. It'll be Justin Fry's second year as offensive line coach, and he made great strides in year one. I can't say I expect anything less in year two. So who are some other players, guys who are going to start, and some information about this offensive line in general? Well, we already discussed Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones, but let's discuss them a little more. They're all Big Ten caliber. I think Donovan Jackson is an all-American caliber offensive guard. Yes, I do think Zach Zinner for Michigan is currently the better college offensive guard, but Donovan Jackson right now projects to be the better NFL offensive guard. He was a five-star coming out of high school, a part of Ohio State's legendary 2021 recruiting class, and I would be lying if I told you he doesn't have the potential to be the nation's best interior offensive lineman. He has that potential. He had 827 offensive snaps last year, and I think he's going to be Ohio State's best offensive lineman this season. He's going to be a huge part of the reason why the Buckeyes become more physical and more tough up front, and why instead of just holding the point of attack or falling at the point of attack, they are going to press forward and pile drive at the point of attack this season. If their running back room is healthy with the returning production at guard and Carson Hinsman, who is a highly touted four-star coming out of high school, starting at center, a redshirt freshman who had no offensive snaps last year, but learned under one of the best of the best in Luke Whipler. I think that this run game and the identity of Ohio State football will improve. And yes, I said the identity of Ohio State football will improve, because Ohio State prides itself on being able to run. Not saying you have to do what Michigan does or do what Penn State does or 
even do what Alabama is going to do this year or what they did before Tua Tagovailoa became their quarterback. But what I am saying is you have to be able to run the football when you need to. For 2021, Ohio State had one of the best passing offenses I had ever seen, and it was part of the reason why I thought that Ohio State's offense in 2022 was going to look a lot like LSU's in 2019. They had the NFL quarterback, they had Jackson Smith and Jigba coming back, and we all knew after the Rose Bowl that Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Igbuka were going to be beasts on the field and leaders on and off the field. We knew that. And Cade Stover, great at tight end, kind of a surprise in 2022. And the offensive line we thought was going to improve. And yet, due to Smith and Jigba's injury, but also due to the fact that Ohio State on the offensive line and in the run game, not everything just, not everything fell into place. Let's just say. And this year, I think it will be different. I think that the offensive line will improve. I think that the run game, because of running back health and because Mayan Williams and Henderson both return, I think the running back room will be one of the best in the nation. But unfortunately, C.J. Stroud doesn't return. The wide receiver room in its entirety returns, but replacing a quarterback as good as Stroud is going to be tough. And last year as well, to go back to my point about my preseason predictions for Ohio State's offense in 2022, what I didn't think was going to happen was that Ryan Day would force running the football, because he did that in 2022. He wasn't pass-happy, in my opinion. Sometimes he was too run-happy, whether it was the Penn State game or other games where he forced the run when he got to pass the football. It's the team's strength, even though you want to be able to run, you can't. But I don't think the Buckeyes are going to have that problem this year. I think that Carson Hinsman is going to be a top 10 center nationally starting in his first year. And I think that Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones will be a top three guard duo nationally. They will be up there with Georgia and Michigan. They'll be up there with guys like Tate Ratledge and Cedric Van Pran. That's the a starting guard and the starting center, longtime starting center for Georgia, in fact. And up there with Zach Zinner, Trevor Keegan, and Drake Nugent, the starting guards for Michigan and starting center for Michigan. Those will be the top three interior offensive line rooms, in my opinion. Will be Ohio State, it'll be Michigan, and it will be Georgia. And those will be your top three interior offensive line rooms. Now, tackle is something else. For tackle, there are big concerns. Josh Fryer and Josh Simmons look to start at left tackle and right tackle, but there is going to be significant competition there. There's going to be a lot of competition. There's George Fitzpatrick, and there is Tegra Tishabola. Sorry if I didn't get that name right, but those are two other tackles who look to compete for starting spots there. Since Paris Johnson Jr. left, there's there's just a big hole. There's a big hole at tackle because he left big shoes to fill. And I think that some years of poor recruiting and development, even with Justin Fry here now, is possibly showing through. I think that pass protection is going to take a big step back. Now, a big step back from being one of the best tackle rooms in the nation probably means not going 
to a terrible level, or a bad level, or even an average one, but just an above-average level of pass protection, or a good level of pass protection, because of the lack of experience, I think that this tackle room will improve as games go on, but the problem is Notre Dame, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and even some other schools do have great defensive ends that will take advantage of Ohio State's tackle room. I mentioned with JT Sports and Alive, and I mentioned in some other videos, that Penn State, they have a matchup with Ohio State. They have a matchup advantage, finally. They haven't had one in a while, but with Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac, and Danny Dennis Sutton, they will be able to match up well with some of Ohio State's inexperienced offensive tackles. Now, the interior of the offensive line, like we've already discussed, I think will be elite. So I'm expecting that Ohio State will consequentially, they'll adapt, they'll run the football more. If their running backs are healthy, they may run the football a lot, much more than we're used to, to the point where Emeka Igbuka, Julian Fleming, and others may have less receiving yards this season than they did last year, and Kyle McCord might pass for less than C.J. Stroud did last year. Because of the inexperience at quarterback and the inexperience at the tackle positions, you have to wonder whether this offensive line, due to its strengths and weaknesses, will change the whole game plan for Ohio State. And I've heard rumors that Ohio State is, of course, training to be a more physical team. Why wouldn't you? Ohio State wants to beat Michigan. They seemingly want Michigan more than they do the national championship, which is understandable. I think that's kind of a Big Ten thing where the Big Ten championship potentially matters more than the national championship. But they're becoming more physical. I think that's a reality, and I think it's going to show this year. Josh Fryer and Josh Simmons were not highly rated by PFF. Now, PFF rankings are questionable in their own right. Josh Fryer had less than 300 offensive snaps last year, and he was rated outside of the top 300. Josh Simmons was rated outside of the top 500, and he had 799 offensive snaps. So according to PFF, Ohio State's offensive tackles have quite a lot of work to do. But then again, it's just a rating system, and offensive linemen are very hard to grade. They're tough, because again, the collective performance matters more than the individual performance. Olu Fashanu at Penn State's a perfect example. Best offensive tackle potentially in the nation, certainly the number one offensive tackle prospect for the NFL. Penn State's not going to have a top 10 offensive line. They won't. Hunter Norzad is an above average to good center at best, and their guard play compared to Ohio State's and Michigan's is deeply, deeply lacking. And that's not an exaggeration. So for the offensive line and for Ohio State, there are great individual players. And I think overall, because there are three elite players and at tackle, two below average at worst, above average at best players, overall, this offensive line should be top 15. I'd say top 10, depending on how they use it. And also due to the fact that with Justin Fry's coaching, with Ohio State strength and conditioning, I think all in all that the tackle room and, and the line as a whole will progress as the season goes on. They will be much better at the end of November than in the beginning of September, that's for sure. So what are some predictions that I have for the offensive line? 
I think that Carson Hinsman will have a breakout year, as I've already said, and finishes a top 10 center in college football. Another prediction that I have is Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones will be elite, and they will be comparable to Michigan's guards, which is a compliment. It's one of the greatest compliments I can pay Ohio State, and it's one of the greatest compliments that I can pay Michigan, because Michigan, my team, prior to 2021, they had some great offensive linemen, like Caesar Ruiz and Mason Cole, for example, but as, an, as a unit, or even breaking down the unit into tackle, guard, and center, they never had enough great players at a position to function well as a cohesive unit, or to match up as highly as Ohio State's offensive line did. And they have now. So compliment to Ohio State especially for having great offensive linemen, and Michigan's had some of the best guard play and best interior offensive line play, at least in the regular season for the past two years of college football, and I think that Ohio State is finally going to match that this year. They didn't in 2021, they didn't in 2022, I think they're going to match that here in 2023. So Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, we already know about how those are the top three running backs. I think that's a no-brainer and not even up for debate that those are the top three running back rooms in college football. And their run games, given Michigan and Ohio State's elite interior offensive lines, and Penn State, while they don't have an elite interior offensive line, you know that with Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen alone, they're going to have a great running back room, and they're going to have a good rushing attack. The Big Ten this year, they're going to be running the football perhaps more than we're used to. But Wisconsin, with their new offense, might balance that out anyway. I think Josh Fryer and Josh Simmons will play at a good level, but they will struggle against elite defensive ends. Against great defensive lines, I think Ohio State, you will see them allow more sacks than perhaps we're used to. I think against Penn State and against Michigan, this might sound strange, but especially against Penn State, I think Ohio State's best, the best thing they can do is run the football up the middle. That's the best thing that they could do against a team like Penn State, who has great defensive ends, great linebackers, especially linebackers, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, edge players, and elite, legendary secondary players, but weak defensive tackles. And with that offensive line to defensive line advantage for Ohio State, especially on the interior, and with the running back room they have, if healthy, Ohio State, just from a schematic standpoint, if they want to win games and maximize their wins, I see Ryan Day running it more this year than he did last year. Even if Henderson or Williams is banged up and Chip Trainum or Dallin Hayden has to come in as running back number two, or maybe last year happens again, which I think would be nearly impossible, but you never know. Ohio State is going to create holes in the middle. And the tackle position, I think, is the biggest weakness of this team. I don't even think it's secondary. I think through the transfer portal, they're going to come back. That secondary will, and I think Denzel Burke will have a comeback year. And for tight end, Cade Stover, that's that's a question because Cade Stover last year in some big moments didn't perform well. But I think he's a solid tight end, and I think he's going to do what great players do and learn from his mistakes that he had last year. And the running back room, like I've already said, last year's injuries were a rarity. You don't see 
both of your starting running backs go down like that far too often. So I don't think it'll happen again this year. I think Justin Fry will continue to coach up this offensive line's physicality, discipline, athleticism. I think that more holes will open up. I think that this offensive line will probably be on the mid-season watch list for the Joe Moore Award. They might even be a Joe Moore Award finalist. And I know with problems at tackle that may sound weird, but I think this offensive line is going to be top 10 for sure. I think they're the nation's most underrated offensive line. And the the interior, especially the guards, are going to be amongst the nation's best. Donovan Jackson will for sure be drafted in the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft. And this unit will help Ohio State rush for 3,500 yards and have an elite run game. Whether it's speed and space with Travion Henderson or Mayan Williams who can do it all, I think that this run game is going to explode. Ohio State has not had a consistently elite run game since 2019. Most teams haven't had a consistently elite run game in more than a decade, if ever, in their history, but we're talking about Ohio State here. In 2020, they had Trey Sermon, who was a late bloomer. In 2021 and 2022, they were inconsistent. I think Ryan Day gets back to what he had in his first year in 2019. I don't think there will be a J.K. Dobbins where Mayan Williams or Henderson rushes for 2,000 yards, but there will be a rotation where I think Williams is the starter, he's 1A, and Henderson is 1B. Both will get over 1,000 yards, and Trainum and Hayden, and maybe even Pryor, who we haven't seen much of yet, will get a few hundred yards between all of them as well. So this run game is going to be incredible as a result of the offensive line making upgrades, making strides, returning both of their guards. And the pass protection, we know that when you lose a, a first-rounder and a fourth-rounder at tackle, there's likely going to be steps taken back. But it'll still be solid. And against defensive ends who aren't among the nation's great, I think that pass protection will be spotless. I think this offensive line will be great. And Ohio State, look, if they beat Michigan, if they win the Big Ten, or if they win it all, all of these things are well within reach, and they're more possible than many want to admit. It will be because of this offensive line, because everywhere else, the Buckeyes could just reload. They could totally reload, and it would not even be a bold prediction. It would be a cold take for them to reload everywhere, except for tackle. Tackle is that obvious weakness for this team. It's the weak spot. If they reload at tackle and they have as good of a pass protection as they did last year or a better one, this team's going to be totally different. I mean, the tackle position could make or break the season because if tackle is just abysmal, then don't tell me that Penn State or Wisconsin or even Notre Dame Not just Michigan could challenge the Buckeyes, whether it's in Columbus with Penn State or on the road like Notre Dame and Wisconsin. But if tackles elite, then maybe this team ends up running over Michigan or running over everyone. Or maybe they do what Michigan did against Penn State last year and they run for 400 yards on the Nittany Lions. And with guard, I think that just with their guard play, Ohio State could do that to a lot of teams this season if Williams and Henderson can stay healthy they're going to have big gaping holes 
on the interior that Hinsman and, and Jackson and Jones are going to open up. This offensive line and this run game are going to be incredible. The pass game, returning Igbuka, returning Harrison, returning Fleming and Stover. Kyle McCord, as long as he has adequate pass protection, you know he's going to get it to his receivers. So we'll see how everything functions, but I anticipate that Ohio State's offense will once again be among the nation's best offenses, if not for the third year in a row, the number one offense due in part to what should be a top 10 offensive line and for the run game and for Ohio State to continue to be more physical, a top three interior offensive line. Thank you guys for watching this video on Ohio State's offensive line. Make sure to like this video and comment your thoughts on the Buckeyes offensive line down below. And please subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other source, please make sure to follow the channel. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye.